jazz is the perfect analogy in the, in the improvisation is where you and I like to reside is it once I improvise, then you've got to play off of me and figure out, all right, how does this sound or look or feel? And that's where this thing becomes beautiful. Welcome to the Jamoti podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Today, we are joined by the head men's basketball coach at the University of Dallas, Matt Gron. Coach Gron has been coaching for 28 years. He's been assistant coach and or head coach at the high school, junior college, division three and division one level. After 10 seasons as an assistant coach at University of Dallas, Coach Gron just completed his first season as the head coach of the Crusaders. In 2011, Coach Gron became a certified trainer for the Positive Coaching Alliance. Before we hear from Coach, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media at Jamoti Podcast. Hey. Hey, what's up, Coach? Oh, man, I tell you what, uh, <laughs> it was it's always an adventure around here i'll tell you that <laughs> did you get it all figured out i think so you know we, we like i said the the bride and i were still trying to figure out that one one zone against the three out uh Oof. offense yeah if they're it's, smart if they're smart and they make the ball work someone's open <laughs> someone's <laughs> always open yeah. yes that is correct that that might be the most accurate statement i've ever heard about uh, <laughs> yeah well, so hey, how are you doing? How are you oh, doing? I am good, man. I just want to first say thank you so much for giving up your time on a Sunday night to talk hoops with me, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. Yeah, I'm I'm honored to be on, man. Like, shoot, you've had some heavy hitters on here. It's been a lot of fun. I'm getting to learn a ton and have great conversations. And also, man, I can't. I don't know if I've. I know I've seen you and stuff, but congratulations on on becoming the head coach at University nice. of Dallas. That's a that's a huge deal. You you were a you were assistant there for nine years or ten years. Yeah, well, ten ten out of the last eleven. Yeah. yeah. And so, what's the biggest difference, uh, just in the first you know few months here, uh, of going from that assistant role for so long to now being the head coach there? What what do you see? Well, I think the biggest thing is what used to be suggestions are are now decisions, right? I mean. Um, you know, it was always fun to to throw things out and kind of be contrarian to be contrarian sometimes with Jared. And um, I, he appreciated it, I know. Um, however, like now, again, it's like what I throw out there is uh, has to be what's best for the team, not just be contrarian, right? Yeah. Um, I can't just be devil's advocate. Everything's got to be um, what's what's best for us and what's best for this group. Yeah, that's interesting just to hear that because I think most of us have been assistants at one time. But then when you do make that transition over, all of the things that you might have thought were so clear and so <laughs> easy. And, and why? Why are we just why don't we do it like this? And, right. Yeah, there's just a difference. Some They say like the 18, 19 inches over. Uh, there's but just a big difference. But I can't imagine at the university level uh, what that's like. Yeah, I mean. I, it's funny because my boss hasn't changed. Um, and that's really cool. I, I love it. Um, you know, I've got a 17 year friendship with him, um, an 11 year working relationship. So, 
from that aspect, it's been really, really great. Um, so I, I'm in a good spot in the fact that I, the only pressure that I'm really receiving right now is put on by myself. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's my own mind playing those games going, uh, Hey, are you sure you want to do this? You know what I mean? Like, is this really what's best for the team? And, um, I, I that's a good spot to be in though. I, I, I would much rather be there than, than feel, you know, that, that hot seat. So, yeah. But that's, yeah. that's interesting though. Cause I think a lot of times, you know, even in these, some of these questions, we, we focus on, building the confidence of our players and protecting the confidence of our players. But what a lot of people forget is that our confidence is, (laughs) is really important and, and we have to protect it. So like when you're getting all those questions coming in or, you know, I probably won't happen to you, but some coaches have bad games, you know, players have, won't happen to you though, but you know, yeah, after those games, it's, it's not just dissecting what our players can do better, but it's reevaluating and, and in that moment, yeah, protecting our own confidence from what am I doing? I, that's th- right. This is this this is too big, or I don't have the answers, or I, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I love the way you put that too. Like, uh, in the fact that you know, I like the way you phrase that. You, we protect our players, but we also have to protect ourselves too, right? I mean, that's that's for sure. You got to remember. You got to remember that one. You're qualified to do what you're doing. And, and especially you, like I've loved watching and kind of, I mean, we've had conversations and things over the, from afar, but watching you on social media, I feel like you are the coach that has met, talked to, or taken a photo with almost everyone out there. Like, I'd really be like, who don't you know, or who haven't you, but you've been, you've had an opportunity to, to listen to be around great coaches. And because of that, I mean, you know what you're doing. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. Like when I was growing up as a kid, my dad was a high school coach and we where I grew up on the Kitsap Peninsula, um, we were only 30 miles away from Seattle, only 30 miles away from Tacoma, but we were pretty isolated because the peninsula was not easy to get to or get from uh mm. to get to Seattle or, or Tacoma anywhere. And we we're you know, like my dad wasn't a great high school basketball coach or anything he wasn't really well connected and so um i still get starstruck and i when i get put in those situations i'm like i'm going to take advantage of this um and i don't just take pictures with dudes just to take pictures with them like those guys are the guys that i'm picking brains with and i'm like i i at least want to get some kind of nugget out of them and and do so i guess it feels legit it's not just like I don't know what's the term jock sniffing. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not that. And I I've never taken it that way. Just yeah. so you know, I, I, yeah, no, I I've always it. been I've always loved it. You know, I think it's yeah. kind of cool. And but it, one thing I love about the the and I think it's every coaching profession. But since we, you and I know the basketball one the best, I and and just from being able to do this podcast, I've been blown away by the willingness of these coaches that, to oh, share yeah. and to talk yeah. hoops. And, uh, uh, you know, to, to have Tommy Brackle on that's had 24 years of head coaching experience and just hear uh, him just you can't stop talking about the game and, and the passion yeah. come through. That's been yeah. so cool to see. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, like I said, you, you've had some big time heavy hitters on here and, and it's just it's complete honor for me to like even be considered on this. Like, this yeah. is awesome, dude. 
you know, you've been able to be a part of, of the culture at University of Dallas for a decade now in a different role, but now you're taking over as the head coach. And, and you obviously, I think every coach knows how important culture is and that buzzword is, is out there. But how does culture drive performance uh, in your program? Well, I think uh, if you're not fighting for your culture 24 uh, seven, somebody else is. And um, if you're not, uh, I guess, um, uh, specific with it and you're not um, fighting for it, then you're ultimately what's driving your program is not you. And that's a scary thing. So I think culture drives everything within your, your program. Go yeah, ahead. You, you nailed it though. Like every program out there has a culture that's driving it. Yes. And, and, but is the culture what these, what our players are watching, listening to what their peers are saying, what, what families are saying back right. home, or is it something that, you know, that is positive that you are driving and that your right. program stands for good point. Yeah. If you're not intentional with it, and that, that was the word I was struggling to find was being intentional about uh, where, you know, what things do we stand for and what are our standards and, and how do we act from, you know, uh, on the court standpoint, off the court standpoint, when we travel, I mean, just anything and everything. Um, we're getting ready for our first road trip this week. And uh, already in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm going, you know, like, what does that look like in rehearsal? these next three days of practice. And um, in fact, I was driving to uh, pick up groceries today and I was like running through my head. All right, these are the things that I'm going to talk about with the team. First of all, like we're going to learn the bus driver's name. We're going to mm -hmm. call the bus driver by name and we're going to thank whoever that bus driver is every time we, you know, arrive at our destination and we're going to greet them when we get on the bus. Like that's, that's important to us. Um, and, and again, like just little things like that, that a lot of people don't think of that's part of your culture. And in our culture, we have three, three terms that drive our culture and that's um, purpose, resilience, and togetherness. And if you think about those three words, like it's not just applicable on the court, but it's applicable in the classroom. It's applicable in your family life, um, just your daily dealings. Um, everything has a purpose. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't need to be part of what you're doing. And we're all human beings. We're all going to make mistakes. So therefore, we have to be resilient. We have to be able to bounce back in the face of adversity very, very quickly. And the, the third piece is obviously we do everything together. And yeah. we rely on somebody no matter what. Uh, nobody's completely self-sufficient. So we've got to learn how to do, you know, work together towards a common goal, whether we like it or not. And yeah. the great thing, Matt, is, and you know this, and, and I know you, I've known you long enough that, like, I know you believe this, that those lessons are far more important than in any game. However, we can teach those things through a game that kids love to play. Yeah. I think the hope of, for all of us is that when, when our players leave our program, that it's not just X's and O's that they remember or the Correct. ability to teach them to shoot better that they remember. And if it is, if we're not getting invited to their weddings and, the, and it, you know, and if that relationship doesn't continue and obviously some are stronger than others, but there has to be some, some bigger purpose. And I like the fact that your culture pieces. Yeah. Like you said, it, it will help you on the floor, 
but they work off the floor. Like how many of our, how many times is our culture uh, only geared toward basketball? Like if I, I, I'm sure there, I mean, ours is like, or not ours is three point shooting, but we do have a culture of shooting in our pro. Right. Like it's what we want to be known for. What's something we want to hang our hat on, but yeah. it can't be a pillar in our, in our team dynamic because right. then it's only on the floor you know, and, and, and it's shallow at that point. Right. I would say that that's probably in, in my my definitions, that's probably more, um, you know, basketball philosophically. Yep. Uh, how do you want to play as opposed to being culture driven? You know, yeah. 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 But it's easy. Yeah. It's easy for it to slide in anything oh, sure. that we do just just about basketball. And right. I think, you know, those that if I look over even just nine years here, the best seasons we had are when it wasn't it was more than basketball the bad seasons we had is when i probably focused too much on that part right right well and that's (laughs) that has a tendency to happen and i've I've gotten caught up in it too Uh, my first head coaching job i was at moscow high school it was 22 years ago and i was just all about i was going to set the world on fire man i was going to win every game and uh boy i quickly learned a i didn't know it all b uh you know it was it was it should have been far greater than just the game of basketball. I, I should have, you know, I wish I would have heard uh, Phil Jackson's quote, you know, there's more to life than basketball and there's more to basketball than basketball. The Jamoti podcast is powered by Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities and make their jobs easier. Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. How do you live out your culture on a daily basis? I think that the, I've got to model it for our guys, number one. Um, You know, and uh, I try and communicate that to them uh, on a regular basis that, hey, everything I'm doing has a purpose. Uh, We'll stop and talk about it in practice. Uh, They'll see me on campus. Uh, You know, it's, it's and it's little things too. Like I'm not a huge fan uh, of the guy, but you know, one thing I appreciate about Jerry Jones is like he's picking up garbage. You know, in and that around dude's his all facility, in. he's all yeah, in. Yeah, that's it. And you know, I try and do that same thing, whether they're looking at me or not. I don't care. But I, in my mind, I'm like I got to model this, and so if they do see me, they understand that that's important to me. You know, like just taking care of us and, and doing things together. Like that's that yeah. togetherness piece, I think. Um, What's well, that whole, whole idea that more is caught than taught. And so when you, when you are, when you're showing it daily uh, and, and, and I, it's what we tell our, our players, like you're always being evaluated. You never know who's watching. So that lesson better directly come back around and go right. straight at us. Uh, we don't know all the times we're being watched and, and that our culture may be eroding a little bit because of us not following through. That's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other things is uh, I, I'm, I'm show my vulnerability. Um, uh, I'll admit when I'm wrong uh, or, you know, that I've messed up and made a mistake. I mean, I think that resiliency piece is huge. And the only way to really live that out is to be able to tell the truth and say, you know, Hey guys, I screwed up, you know, like that's on me. Um, but I'm going to do my best to make it up, 
you know, and, and, and go harder at it the next time. So, um, and that's tough for, for a lot of young men to understand right now is that, um, it's okay to, to say, yeah, I messed up and, you know, I hate my bad though. Like I, I can't stand that. That's such an overused phrase now. Uh, it drives me insane, but, uh, I think, a, a sincere apology saying, you know, Hey, that, yeah, sorry, that was me. And I'm not going to let that happen again. Uh, I think that's really a tough thing for a lot of kids to say. Yeah, you're right. There, there is something. I was just thinking about what my bad sounds like. <laughs> there, there is something to it. It just doesn't sound authentic or, or, or you know, and real. So, what you, what do you, what would you rather them say? Or if you have you had that talk with them of like, hey, that's something we're not going to say. But here's what. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Um, a few years back, we, you know. Um, we used the, the Positive Coaching Alliance mistake ritual, and it was really, really effective. Um, just A, I didn't hear my bad. B, we could communicate a lot of things. I mean, our thing was like, brush it off our shoulder twice. Get it off me. Get that mistake or, or whatever it was. Get it off and move on to the next play. Um, we haven't had that talk with this team yet, but it's common. Um yeah. You know, but our guys, for the most part, Matt, I, I'm, I've been really, really impressed. And, and I think it's just kind of because I've been around for, like you said, the last decade. Um, they know I don't like my bat. Mm. So guys will find other ways to phrase it. Like, you know, one, one kid the other day in, in our scrimmage, he was like, I'll wear that. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, you're at least taking responsibility for, for that mistake or, or that screw up. Um, and I know what you're saying is like, I'm going to wear it and, and I'm, I'm going to do better next time. Yeah. That's such an interesting dynamic. Cause I think, I think majority of head coaches are at a place that, uh, that's new, uh, you know, and, and, and a lot of times maybe there were issues and problems. So like you're, you're picking up a program, you know, most coaches will be picking up a program that's brand new to them and they're starting over, but you have been there and, and it's been a, a, a positive successful program so how much of the culture is you caring on traditions that have been but also trying to infuse you <laughs> i i wish i could give you like a, a percentage i really do yeah um, that's hard <laughs> you know the the thing is like Jared Samples is, is, is a phenomenal human being. I, I love him to death. I would take a bullet for that guy. I'd lay across train tracks, you name it. Um, and he gave me a lot of ownership into what we did. And, and I, I feel like I contributed a lot the last, you know, 10 out of the last 11 years. Um, I, I, I really don't, I, I couldn't tell you. you yeah, know? that's a like, hard question. You know, and, and sometimes like I even ask him like, nah, what do you yeah. That's a horrible no, well, I, I, let me say this, like one, one significant change. And, and it's funny. Um, I'll tell you a little story about that here in a second, but one significant change is, um, our, our practices are very much more high tempo. I mean, my thing is like, if we're going to be in the gym, we're going to work. And like, I downtime just drives me insane in the gym. It's like, I don't know, fingernails on a chalkboard. And it's just like, like, um, so it's funny, one of our current players texted one of our former players saying, oh, my gosh, like, Coach G, like, we don't stand in practice anymore. Like, there's none of that. Um, and and the, the former player said, well, that's good. You know, we haven't won a championship yet, so maybe change is a prob you know, probably a good thing. So, um, but, 
I, you know, I, I would say, you know, 70% of, of our culture is, is similar to what has been going on. And I felt like we were heading in the right direction with, yeah. with Jared. Um, I would say I, I didn't want to make it drastic because that shock and awe can sometimes work against you. And so I've done little things like um, I remember you, you talk about the pictures. Mike Dunlap was one of them. Um, when when Mike spoke at Coaching You Live, it was great. I had him in the car for 45 minutes from the airport to to the hotel and just he and I one on one. And I was asking him about like when you when you take over a program, uh, you know, how do you put your mark on things? He says, just subtly, like nice. change your practice, change your practice gear or um change the side of the the scorers table your bench is on and so this year we we changed sides of the scorers table just to you know show a subtle change um that it was going to be different uh but not like it doesn't affect how we play yeah does that make sense no that's a really cool point though like i think when when you think of taking over a program whether you've been there or not yeah, I got to put my imprint on and I, the, oh, this is, you can tell everywhere that this is new. And, but one, if it's not broke, like you don't have to do a lot to fix it, but, or, but I like that idea of subtle changes. I think that's a great nugget for anybody. And, and that could even be from, you've been at the same place for a long time. You see maybe some deficiencies in culture or the way that maybe you want to implement a new style of play and, right. or something. And uh, yeah, I love that idea. Yeah. The other thing we did was uh, we reconfigured how we did the locker room too. Um, I, you know, I moved where our whiteboard was. Um, I, I ordered some, some of those um, uh, little bench stools, those, you know, folding bench stools so we can, you know, configure the locker room however the heck we want to. Nice. And so, yeah, just little things like that, again, just uh, to signify change, but nothing that would like throw guys off you know what i mean yeah i love your gym too i i I had the the pleasure of being i got the because you guys have a really strong fca uh at your school and so i was able to share the leftover story there years ago but i just remember being at the gym thinking this place would get loud uh like quickly and so (laughs) i i love it it's a fun it's a fun college environment it is. It is, Matt. And I, I hope that, you know, at some point you can come out and, and catch a game when, when the students are on campus because it is it's phenomenal. Um, you know, the gym itself doesn't pass the eye test. Right. Uh, it, you know, it was built in the mid-60s and we only have bleachers on one side. And, you know, I get it. It's old, whatever. Uh, but we got voted uh, top 16 game day environment in all of Division three, and that's 443 schools. Yeah, um, I mean you can and, build you can build a huge arena, but if you can't fill it, like that's that's uh, not a great oh, environment, not a championship environment. But no, yours that with that wall there, the sound and everything, I can imagine it getting crazy loud. It's awesome. It is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we go to some places that have some really nice, bright, shiny things and whatever. But it, a lot of time, it's like playing in a morgue. And at our place, it doesn't take much to fill it up. And and when it does get filled up, man, it is awesome. Like yeah. it is just a great environment. So thanks for mentioning that. I yeah. appreciate that. You've you've been in there and you've got your culture rolling. What's one thing that makes your program different? I would say the 
big thing for us is, well, I, there's a lot of things, let's say, uh, that make us. It doesn't different. have to be just one thing. No, I, you know, I, I, the biggest one for us is, is that we've got to have really, really smart guys. Um, and it's just, it, it's kind of a niche school. It really is. Um, uh, they've got to be really willing to work their tails off in the classroom and understand that uh, it is academics first at, at University of Dallas. There's no question. Um, the academic rigor, uh, not only just to get guys in, but once they're here, yeah. it is, it's real. And the thing that uh, really makes us stand out is people understand that. People know that, that, that when they graduate from us, um, they've gone through the ringer. And especially when they're student athletes, they know the time that it's taken, the dedication, the, um, the time management skills they've got. Um, you know, shoot, the school did a study and 97% of our graduates are employed or in graduate school within three months of their graduation. Wow. That's a huge number. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I think that's number one that makes us stand out. But as far as like the basketball is concerned, um, I think that I don't want to joystick anybody. And I, I want them to play free. I recruit them to play basketball uh, the way they want to play basketball or, or not necessarily the way they want to, but like the way they should. How about that? And I'm going to try and put them in, in the best position to maximize their strengths and hide their deficiencies. Um, so we want to play. I know this is going to sound awesome. Uh, we want to play fast. Yeah, and but I think everybody wants to play fast. No, but no, but it's no, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to want to play fast. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's a difference between playing fast and out of control, right? As well, and fast doesn't mean dumb. Yes, amen to that. Amen to that. Uh, We want to take smart shots and and we want to get open looks. And uh, if we don't have them, then all right, you know, I I I want them to. again, play to their strengths and, and, and hide their deficiencies. I don't know if that's any different than anybody else, but I, that's, I mean, honestly, I've been at 10 spots and, and it always, it, you know, I shouldn't say it always, a lot of times it isn't that way. And, uh, I've, you know, I'm not trying to knock anybody I've worked for, but you know, that's the way they've done it. And it's, this is the way it is for me. And, and I, that's in my mind, basketball is, um, it should be fun, yeah. right? Yeah. Like we take the fun factor out a lot of times when we start joysticking guys. And, I like I like that term, uh, joysticking guys. I think I think uh, one one of the reasons I love watching NBA basketball more sometimes than college basketball. I just like watching great players making plays. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I know there's a like there's 27 ways that they're guarding pick and rolls. Like I get that, <laughs> but they're also just I mean a lot. Of, it's it's a lot of simple things. It's yeah. done really, really well and in space. And, right. and, and, but then I, you know, watch in, in high school or in college and I, I see a lot of joy sticking and, you know, golly, and even in my own heart, it's, it's the idea of, okay, I, I need to take control of this situation. How can I give it to these players? And, um, but, but then the beautiful part of the game is when guys are making plays, they understand concepts and within your framework, it's jazz they're working yeah. together finding things out and a lot of guys will like you just uh, they'll say i don't want to be in control we're going to play fast 
but man, you can like cut that group in half of who's right. really doing it. And, and so I, I get what you're saying. You, you almost feel bad saying it because everybody almost says it, but not all, I don't feel like everybody means it. Right. Right. Well, we, you know, I love your, your jazz analogy too, because I'm a musician as well. And nice. yeah. Um, I, I, and I, what do you play? It. Oh my gosh, man. I've, I've played piano since I was six trumpet since fourth grade drums since fourth grade. I didn't um, know that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually, my first year of college played in big band one at, at Washington state, the jazz band there. So yeah. It's, uh, so, but I, I agree with you in the fact that, um, you know, that there's a lot of, um, similarities between music and, and athletics in the fact that you've got to play your part to the best of your ability. And I've got to play my part to the best of my ability in order for this to look and sound good. Hmm. Right. Yep. I mean, that's ultimately what it is. And, and jazz is the perfect analogy in, in um, the improvisation is where you and I like to reside is uh, it, once I improvise, then you've got to play off of me and figure out, all right, how does this sound or look or feel? And that's where, you know, this thing becomes beautiful. Yeah. Um, the joysticking is classical music where I have to stick to my part exactly as don't it's written deviate. on the page. Don't That's think, exactly right. Don't be creative. That's don't right. Take a chance. That's exactly right. So uh, I love that. And, and I appreciate that, Matt. Thanks. Yeah. Coaches, the Jamoti podcast is powered by Biology. What's your BSA score? The Biology Skill Assessment is the only verified skills metric endorsed by the NIA and NJCAA to discover and develop the best talent for your team. This 10-minute, 100-shot test can be taken for free today on the Biology mobile app. Elevate your game. Since you and I think a lot alike, especially on the offensive side of the floor, so individual skill work to me becomes one of the most important things because if I don't have players that you're only this, so like in college, my first couple of years, we ran flex. And even though everybody's doing the same thing in flex, only a couple dudes were able to shoot off the pin down and only a few guys were able to post off of the switch. So it was very much like like just a pattern and turn your brains off and do, but it, but it made sense with our personnel and what we had. So, um, But what, since we like to play this way, individual skill work, how important is that in your uh, in your daily practice? Very. Um, we spend a lot of time. In fact, the first uh, 15 minutes of practice is all individual skill development stuff. Um, so we do a shot warm up uh, where guys, uh, you know, they start in close, just getting, you know, seeing the, the basket or the ball go through the basket, see it, seeing success. And it's the most um, fun thing to do in basketball. So why not, like, going back to your fun comment, why not start off basketball practice with what's fun? That's exactly right. And I didn't even think about that. That's a beautiful part of it. Um, uh, So I agree with that. Um, So we'll start with, you know, seeing success, and we'll do some ball handling things, and we'll start moving it out every, you know, 30, 45 seconds. We're just rotating and, and, you know, one guy's rebounding, one guy's shooting, the next guy's doing ball handling stuff. Um, so then that's just our warm up. And once we get done with our warm ups, typically we'll break up into, uh, you know, guards at one end, bigs at the other. Um, 
we'll even mix them up because we do a lot of pick and roll stuff too. I think that's uh, a huge mistake if you don't put your bigs with your guards so that they get a feel for each other. Again, in that improvisation stuff, yeah, uh, I've got to know where you're coming from and you've got to know where I'm coming from in order for us to make it look good. It's so cool you said that. I had the, the pleasure of, uh, so I played with Darren Williams in high school. Yeah. And, and at the colony, just for one year, I was a senior. He was a sophomore. We'd only seen each other two years since then. So, you know, it's 20 years or so. I had the chance to interview him on here. And I, I asked him about Jerry Sloan. I said, you know, what's something that he did that you just thought was interesting or cool? And he said he would have us play other positions in practice. Yeah. And I just thought, like, how about that at the NBA level, a center, you know, being a point guard for the play. and but. To his point, it was he not because like at the, at the as a point guard, you know, if you have those positions, right, you that guy has to know where everybody else is. But what is it like to actually know what it feels like to be there? So it's kind of interesting that you said that. Uh, yeah, you and Jerry Sloan, man, you're on the no, same page. I, I can't take credit for that. That's actually uh, Tom Oswald, who I worked for at Texas Lutheran. We actually ran our offenses. Um, we we would scrimmage at. You know, like you said, the five man bringing up the floor, um, you know, our two guards playing the five spot or our point guards playing the four spot. Like we mixed it up. And the cool I think the cool thing that Tom did uh, that kind of took it to another level. And I haven't done this yet, um, but we had the guys on the sideline coaching their specific position to the mm-hmm. guys who are playing out of position. So like the gym's like just. I mean, the, the talk level was was outrageous because guys were screaming at each other. Oh, no, no, no. You don't got to do this, do that, you know. Um, Just reinforcing, though, the habits correct. that they that you want them to see. I think that's brilliant. That's correct. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. And, and that that time's coming eventually. What, what's one of the best things that you've borrowed lately? Oh, my gosh. Again, uh, can't can't narrow it to one. Yeah, but, keep, um, give me give me as like some of the good ones. I, <laughs> I'm fortunate that my, my grad assistant, Kevin Owens, he's interning with the uh, the legends, the G League team across town. And so he goes over and spends practice with the, the legends in the morning and then comes up and, and spends the afternoons with us. Um, I'm stealing like crazy. That's um, pretty cool. I can't imagine. He walks in and you're like, hey, so what? What do you got for me today? <laughs> Quote, unquote. That's exactly <laughs> what I got. Um, so, like, one of the great ones the other day was um, on Friday, we kind of did a semi-walkthrough. I didn't do a full scout for our Saturday scrimmage. But we did try to, I guess, imitate a little bit what a, what a walkthrough is going to look like. And one of the things that Kevin had brought over from the legends was they went through a walkthrough a couple of days before and, and their coaching staff was like, Hey, it's, it may be 50% physical, but it's a hundred percent talk. And he said the gym was just loud wow. when they, they might've been walking through it, but their talk was loud. And so I threw that at our guys and I've got, I've got, uh, you know, a couple of guys that say they want to be pros and they want to play overseas. And, you know, the nice thing is that I can say, Hey, if it's good enough for the Texas legends, it's definitely yeah. good enough for you guys that want to be, you know, eventually play overseas or, or wherever. So um, that was a really good one. The other the other great quote was, um, and I've heard stuff similar to this, but I like the way it was. It was like, you don't, uh, what was it? You, you, you can't, 
you don't get a chance to prove yourself. You got to prove yourself to get a chance. And I thought that was pretty powerful, right? It's that old, uh, hey, coach, you know, if you just put me in, man, I, I, I swear I'll, 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 make it, I'll make it happen in a game. But it doesn't work like that, right? You've got to show yourself in practice on a daily basis every single day, day in, day out, for me to have the confidence to put you in in a game. That you're you're right on the money, and I think if I don't know, I think it's mainly coaches that if if we do have people listening to this, it's mainly coaches. But uh, if parents or players do, like yeah, you, you do. I don't like to hear the I never got a chance or an opportunity, you know, unless unless you just were never at a practice, you right? Know, but like, man, if you're at practice every day, that idea of always being evaluated. I mean, that's really where your chance gets because as coaches, we don't want to, like we call practice the laboratory. Like it is the time to experiment and try things. Prove to, I don't like, I personally don't like floaters, but prove to me that that's a high percentage shot for you in practice, but don't experiment in a game. And so we're not going to experiment with subbing in a game either. That's right. That's right. It's funny you mentioned the floater. I've, I've got a, uh, a, a junior point guard for me right now. Um, I told him the beginning of the year, I was like, you're going to drive me insane. If you keep shooting that dang floater, I was like, you got to make 500 a day for me to have the confidence for you to shoot in the game. And the crazy thing is, is the kid actually works on it. Like he, he has been in the gym and he's working on it. So the scrimmage the other day, he shot a little floater and he made it and came over during a, a free throw situation. He's like, coach, see, I'm working on it. I was like, all right. Right. You're, you're earning my trust. Nice. And so. I think it's just a situational thing where like at, at, at the 5A taps level, we don't have seven footers on the floor. We don't have six, eight guys rarely on the floor. Like the floater is to float a shot over Correct. an extended defender. But yep. to shoot a floater on a drive where there's no one there, why? It's not figure <laughs> skating. Like don't you don't get more points for the the degree right. of difficulty. So like keep it simple, right? And, and so that's, that's my whole thing. And at those le- levels like you're at or a higher levels, yeah. Trey Young does he need a floater? Heck yeah, he's five ten. He's not that athletic. I mean, he's not big. He's not dunking on people. And there's seven footers in there. So it just the things that translate down in skill work. We got to be careful with that as coaches and Very players. True. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to go. No, I, I love it. <laughs> I, you know, it's, uh, I agree with you 110%. Um, there are other guys on my team who I would say you don't need to have that because you do have more athleticism than the guys you're going to be going up against and or, and or strength. Um, you know, in particular, I'm thinking of one of my sophomore kids. Um, he is really good around the basket. He's just like, you know it's like buff and strong and like man like he's just really good I would absolutely go bananas on that kid if he pulled up and tried to shoot a floater rather than like stride stop or jump stop and try and like power off of two feet yeah to go you know to maybe get an and one I think too that people talk about the mid-range game being gone I think floater is is flirting with that mid-range like if you are shooting the floater from 10 to 12 feet would a pull-up jumper from there be even more efficient, or is that a po- is that possible? So I, right. again, I think some 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 situ- something situationally there. Coaches, the one thing that every team needs is confident shooters. The last eight years at Grapevine Faith, our teams have averaged 354 made threes each season. 
I love getting to share with coaches how our shooters train and more importantly, how they think. If you would like to enhance your shooting culture at your school, contact me directly at jamodipodcast at gmail.com. You've had an amazing career already. Uh, so 20, 22 years overall. Oh, geez, say? please, Matt. Uh, 27, I think. 27, okay. Not, yeah, it's been a while. I can, I'm not a math guy, so you're, you're really testing me now. You're, you're a musician. You're not, not, not a math yeah, yeah. No, but uh, so, okay, 27 years overall and, and different levels of, of play and, and, and also different, different coaching positions from assistants to head coaches, all those things. If you could go back in time, what's something or a few things that you would do differently? Yeah, I, I reflect back on that first uh, head coaching job that I had. Um, I was maybe 25 years old, um, thought I knew it all. Man, I, again, I was going to set the world on fire. I was going to win, you know, championship after championship. It just, you know, I, uh, I think, you know, if I could go back and do it again, the, the number one thing I would do is, is really understand that I don't know it all. And I, you know, I worked for Coach Eastman uh, for five years before I was the head coach at Moscow High School. And he never said that phrase that, that he's so famous for now of be a learn-it-all, not a know-it-all. He never said that before um, I got that head coaching job at Moscow. Um, and I wish he had, had come up with that phrase during those five years I was with him at Washington State. Um, because when I figured that out, Matt, like that was when it just like my world opened up and it really became a lot of fun um, to play chess instead of checkers, you know, like it was yeah. just, it was, it was like, all right, I don't have all the answers. Let's try and find them and see what works best with, with what the way basketball looks to me or, or should look to me. Um, and let's find the, the answers that, uh, you know, again, I, 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 I Coach Bigman, pretty much my whole entire career. Uh, let's find the answers for guard skill development, so I can get better at, at that. And yeah. you know, just little things like that. So I, I wish that going back, I, I, I really would have been a, a learn it all instead of a know it all. And honestly, I think I probably would have would have stayed at Moscow High School longer than a year if I had done that. Yeah. And how, I would. How come? Why, why? Why do you feel that way? Um, I think at the end of the year, uh, I was only there for one year. It was 99, 2000. And, uh, I, I struggled with parents. Number one, I was, I was really young and, and yeah. I didn't know how to deal with parents. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think we would have been more successful because I would have just my style of play to our personnel. And that's, you know, I was trying to fit a square peg in a round hole with, you know, again, this is my idea of basketball and this is how it's supposed to be played. Well, I didn't have those players. Yeah. Um, and I, I really, you know, looking back, I, I was really stubborn. I, I, just, I was like headstrong and I was like, yeah, this is the way it's supposed to be. And, uh, I, you know, if I had that squad again, I would I would do things drastically different. I would play completely different style of basketball. It's so hard. Like it's it's almost a frustrating thing because I get to ask that question a ton, and and almost all the the answers are similar to yours. Is I I wish I would have known or been okay with 
not knowing everything. And it's just like, yeah. what is it about? Because I was the exact same. I, was, I mean, I, I feel really bad. I've never, I don't know if I've ever told Clarkson this, but, you know, Jeff Clarkson gave me a chance. Uh, Great guy. Yeah. He was at Naaman Forest and Coach Thomas told him, hey, he needed to hire me. And I, so I volunteered as a varsity assistant at Naaman Forest. I was teaching out in the portables first year in, in any type of like really organized coaching. And, and, but man, I found myself feeling like I could do things. I would do things different. I'd be, I would do things better. And I, you know, and I, and there's the arrogance, it, it, you know, of a 25 year old me. And, and now, uh, I, golly, I've realized how much I don't know and, and I failed a ton of trying to do what you talked about of having, you know, trying to, I'm a pressing, running, gunning guy, no matter what. And then having a friend of mine watch us play and say, you just don't really have the horses to do that. Right. <laughs> and, my, and my ego, like, man, oh, that hurt. But yeah, yeah I'd love to go back and uh, I apologize to Jeff, but then why can't we as younger people, you know, why? Because well, I, I, yeah. I think it benefits you and I now. I mean, yeah. ultimately, like, yeah. again, everything happens for a reason, right? And you got to go through those struggles. And, and it's, I, I know where you're coming from. Like, I, I feel bad for the Darnell Williams of the world and, and uh, you know, who played for me at, at Moscow. Well, he was a hell of a ball player. And, you know, we weren't bad. We just, we could have been better. I mean, we yeah. were 14 and 10 that year. And, uh, you know, the, we probably could have been anywhere from, you know, 16 and 8 to even 18 and 6 um, in, in the state tournament. And, I you know, I get it. I feel bad for Darnell because yeah. – that ultimately was on me. However, again, it's paying off now because now I'm going, all right, I got to make sure that I recruit the right guys to put in, you know, in place to play the, the style of basketball I want to play. Yeah, just like with our players shooting, you know, how coach, when am I going to see improvement? Well, it takes what it takes. Same with right. coaching. When am I going to figure things out? Well, it takes what it takes. You got to make yeah. some mistakes and fail. What's inspiring to me, though, is guys like you, guys like Brackle, uh, have been doing it for 25 plus years. They're still growing and have still have a, a, a the growth mindset, yeah. you know, instead of a fixed mindset. So, golly, 15 years into it for me, I better not start thinking now that I got it all figured out. Hey, once you do, you're done. I yeah. Mean, that's it. When you feel like you've arrived, like, that's it. Coach Eastman shared a Michael Jordan quote about that, something about, you know, when you feel like you arrived, you have, and you're pretty much done. You know, like, I, I don't know what the specific quote was, but it was something similar to that. Great point, though. Yeah, because yeah. you'll you'll stop yourself from, you know, that, that talk with Darren. You know, one thing that he he did say is he, he if he could go back and, and, and later on his career, it would be have some of those championship habits that a LeBron has, you know, spending a million five on his body every year, do some of those things. And he even said with his individual skill, like he, he, he wasn't still doing some of the things that it took to get there. So, you know, like, again, and I, I think uh, I've heard this quote a few times, like make the big time where you are. Yeah. So for, for, for me at faith, you know, for you and, and a guy like George Barber out of Greenville, you know, that yep. make the big time where you are. But that means like if I'm not 
doing, you know, doing practice plans the same way that I was when maybe I was hungry or, or new, like you right. gotta, you gotta put those, you gotta check those things. Yeah. No question. Um, yeah. You know, you talk about practice planning. Absolutely. Like I, I'm practice planning now the same way I did or, you know, as an assistant coach, uh, at Eastern Washington university, like they're division one, big deal. Like we're division three. So be it. I mean, it's still important to me. It's still it's still got to be important to those kids, and I've got to be on top of it because, as you well know, like your players are great BS detectors, right? I mean, they know when you're full of it, yeah. and 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 their meter pegs um, if you're not prepared. And that's where too, like you can be. You mentioned early, early on our talk about being honest and authentic, letting them know when you don't know all the answers. But you better be giving your very, very best, and it be they they need to know that it's important to you, or else if it's if they don't think it is, and you also don't know everything, you know you're also in that boat. Then, golly, problems start piling up at that point. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, you know, I I, I think of uh, preparing to play opponents as well, like. Um, it, it's, you gotta be on it. And, uh, I don't want to watch a, a million videos on our opponents, but I, you know, I want to watch their last three games and, and at least have a feel for what they're doing so that I can go in and say, all right, guys, here's what to expect. And again, if something comes up that, that I didn't see, or, you know, if they put in something new, like I'm, I'm happy to say, guys, look, I mean, I didn't see that coming, you know? that we got to adjust and we got to be able to adjust on the fly. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board with you, Matt. So I've already learned some things about you that I didn't know, like all the instruments that you play, <laughs> but, but coach with the speed round, I'm going to, we're all going to know you a lot better. Oh, here we you go. You ready for this? I'm, I'm, I'm down. Okay. Favorite ice cream flavor. Favorite ice cream flavor is chocolate peanut butter ice cream from Ferdinand's uh, on the campus of Washington State University. The, wow. the school has I its just, own creamery, and it is the most phenomenal ice cream you've ever had in your life. I, I just thought, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm drooling a little. Yeah, that sounds incredible. And peanut butter, chocolate peanut butter, it's actually one of my top faves that I don't think <laughs> I've heard anybody say. So, uh, man, that's awesome. If you get up to Pullman, Washington, you got to stop by Ferdinand's. It's a big it'll, if it'll there. It's life. a big if there. If I get up to <laughs> uh, for high school, shot clock or no shot clock? Shot clock. Texting or talking? Uh, talking. Favorite coach of all time? Oh, my gosh. That's a tough one. You, you wouldn't do that to me, wouldn't you? Especially uh, you, yes. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna use my personal bias here, and I'm I'm going to say Kevin Eastman is my favorite basketball coach of all time. Mm -hmm. And um, but I, I I mean you gotta you gotta throw John Wooden out there, no question. I'm a Dean Smith fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Kevin is probably has the biggest influence on my life, no question. Wow. Favorite NBA player of all time. Oh, you got to go with MJ, don't you? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, he, he, he's there. It's almost like everybody, okay, favorite NBA besides Jordan. You know, that's besides Jordan, there, yeah. there you go. And then kind of, because the, then you get to get to your, like, like Pistol Pete for me. You know, he right. really influenced me 
growing up with his homework basketball videos. What what would your secondary, you know? I you know, I gotta go with the Rain Man. I I gotta go with Sean Kemp. You know, wow, okay. I I love Sean Kemp back in the day. Yeah, I I miss my Supersonics, man. Uh, There's a reason I haven't bought Starbucks since 2008. I have not bought anything from Starbucks since 2008. You're you're just that bitter. I am. I am. Uh, favorite holiday favorite holidays christmas invisibility oh go ahead you know what's funny about that is like being basketball guys like we don't really get to experience christmas the way you know we did as kids but it's still like you know it's 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 fun and especially now that i got kids of my own um i'll tell you my, my favorite thing to do is that dang elf on the shelf I love that elf on the shelf, man. It's so much fun. Like doing, you, I don't know if, if you've seen him on, uh, I know you and I are connected on social media. I, yeah. I put that stuff out there every once in a while. Keep an eye out for okay. it this winter. You'll, you'll appreciate some of that I'll stuff. I'll check it out. Uh, <laughs> invisibility or super strength? Oh, man. I, I got to go with super strength. Okay. Uh, it just, you know, invisibility it, to me, I don't know. It, 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 it seems sneaky, you know? Yeah, you got to wonder, like, are they a little creepy? Or, uh, <laughs> no offense no, to the coaches. I got to figure that. out. I got to figure, because I just, I like that. I mean, I love superhero stuff, and that's kind of really where the where the question comes from for me. But I got to see, I've got to look up. Does it, what does it say about the person? You know, right. if they choose super strength, or if they choose, I got to figure that out. I'll go back. Um, two or three more questions. Place you yep. most want to travel. I want to go back to Maui. That's, that's, that's my, uh, I don't know. That's my paradise right there. There you I go, love man. The vibe. It's awesome. That's I'm the place guy. If you get the Hawaii job ever, you just, you call <laughs> me and, uh, I, I have no aspirations to be a college coach, but I'll go with you there. And my wife will force us to go. So, um, we love awesome. that place. Two more. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? Uh, you know, I never drank coffee until I had kids. Um, yeah. Once, once you started adding young people in the, in the mix, um, I'm actually, I've, I've cut back on coffee. I'm, I'm now into tea. Um, and I don't know, I don't know where it's that healthier. comes from. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. healthier for sure. There's a lot of other properties and I think in tea that are good for you. So yeah. Good for you, man. Growing. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to get off of caffeine, period. Oh, golly, it's yeah. hard. I, I've, um, I've read some things on like, try it for a month and how it your life transforms in so many positive, like your sleep, uh, yep. your clarity, cloudiness, everything. So I, but I don't want to, I don't yeah. know if I want to go through it, uh, what um, it takes to get there. I went through it once and it was a battle and it was right before my, my oldest, uh, my daughter was born and man i you know i cut like 50 pounds i was drinking water like crazy like it was and i felt great probably less irritated all of the way yeah 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 yeah. and then you know once she was born it was like how do i get through the night you know what i mean like i gotta have something to pick me up and caffeine was my friend at that point (laughs) all right last one for the long since this is the longest speed round i've ever had right here last one uh godfather or star wars Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> That's cheating. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I grew up on Star Wars. In fact, nice. my earliest memory is um, I was three years old. It was right after I was three years old when, when Star Wars came out. And 
my earliest memory was going to the theater when I had just turned three years old to see Star Wars. And awesome. So yeah, I come up with it. Like we got the toys and my kids are all hooked on it. It's going to be really fun when, you know, they, you start going through some of the clone wars and some of those like younger ones yep. and then get it. That'll be really cool. But I am, yeah. a, I'm, I am a godfather guy. I okay. like, it's one of the few things, like if I'm flipping through the channels and you know how AMC every once mm -hmm. in a while has that weekend where they're throwing them all back to back, like I'm locked in, yeah. I'm in. I love it. That's fair. I mean, I, yeah, you could. I'm I'm more of a Star Wars than a Godfather guy. So, but I could see how you could be both. Yeah, yeah. There's some powerful lessons. Like, you know, once you're part of the family, you're always part of the family, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I see, I, I see, you know, swiping your face there. I love it. Yeah. Just so you know, man, I, I thoroughly enjoyed our talk together tonight, talking hoops with you. And it, what's you, what's always fun for me is to see the fact that. uh there are really, really good people like that are, have made it in the profession or like made it in the coaching world to high levels. And, and I just think you're an awesome guy and I really appreciate you sharing tonight. I enjoyed it, man. Well, the feeling is mutual, Matt. I, I really do. I appreciate you in a big way. I love what you're doing with your podcast and, you know, just making the game better for everybody. Uh, I'm honored to be on. Holy cow. I mean, like, like I told you earlier, you've had heavy hitters on and, I'm just, uh, you know, I just like being a fly on the wall, listening to all those conversations. So hopefully somebody gets something good out of this. Definitely. And that that was kind of, I was going to follow up to the the heavy hitters thing. I mean, obviously, you know, Coach Drew, who, who's an awesome guy, his Fantastic name is just is really out there now because of, of the amazing year that they've had. But from Coach Drew uh, to uh, George Barber, to you, to, to the high school coaches I've had on, the, Agreed. There are amazing basketball minds everywhere. And, and again, and the, the, the goal for me, and I think for everybody is, uh, it's what Jordan Peterson said, assume that everybody that you talk to can teach you something. And Love I that. think that's, uh, that's, that's something I've been getting out of this, but appreciate you, man. Hey, thanks again, Matt. So much fun. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.